0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the first book of Shmuel, of Samuel, um, that's Shmuel Aleph, chapter 16. We just read of the rejection of Shaul, which was not the first time, it was actually the third time we, we read of God's informing Shmuel that Shaul was rejected. But on each one of the first two occasions, it seems as if God was giving Shaul another chance to redeem himself, but this last episode, the episode of Amalek, we read about Shaul's arrogance, his inability to recognize his error, and most importantly, his inability—it's his seeming inability to get it, to get what the true message of 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 God is. What the, you know to get and understand that what God wants from us is not ritual and sacrifice, but what God wants from us is devotion. What he wants from us is our behavior. He wants us to live the kind of life that he commanded us to live and that this is the unique and special message of monotheism, which was going to be the job and purpose of this nation of of whom he was supposed to be the monarch um, uh, to teach the entire world. So therefore, he was inappropriate as the monarch. Now that this lesson was uh, was not received by Shaul, and he was rejected as a king. It's time to look for another one. This next chapter is, of course, a uh, very famous one. Um, you may be familiar with it. Uh, I might take a, a few different takes on it, and we'll see as we go through it how. Um. um but this is the beginning of uh, the the uh, the sunrise, so to speak. The beginning. The the rays of light coming over the horizon as uh, King David is identified and eventually will make his way to becoming the first uh, king of the Judean monarchy of the house of David, the founder of the monarchy, which is to lead the people of Israel for uh, posterity, for the rest of history. Now, um, the, um, <clears throat> Shmuel, now after Shaul, has really failed. In his third attempt, really, at appointing a leader for the people of Israel, his first, the first house that he saw fail, right, if you remember in Shmuel's life, was the house of Eli. That was the high priest who was Shmuel's uh, mentor, raised Mm -hmm. him uh, from childhood in the temple, in the tabernacle. Um, The house of Eli fell apart, as you recall, due to severe corruption and oppression of the people, and so on. The second failure is the failure of Shmuel himself. Shmuel mm-hmm. himself was, is considered a shofet, a judge, but he himself um, was not able to, uh, you know, um, set up a monarchy. And we learned of that because we learned of the corruption of his children, who did not follow in his path. Uh, so, although obviously Shmuel had it, got it. Shmuel was uh, understood the special message of God, but Shmuel himself was not able to become. The leader, and the third failure was the failure of hiring Shaul. We also saw in the last chapter, and I'm pointing these points out for for a reason. I'm setting something up here, and that is is that Shmuel in the last chapter, when when he was approaching Shaul after the the uh, battle with Amalek, uh, he, if you recall, he cried to God all night in an attempt to convince God to. Um, to give Sha'ol another chance, to give him a chance to learn his lesson. Now, we just read the last two verses that Lo Shmuel, Shmuel no longer saw Sha'ol until the day of his death. And it says, Ki Shmuel, el Sha'ol. Shmuel was mourning over Sha'ol, and God Nicham, had... Re, had regrets so to speak <laughs> that he made Sha'ol the king over Israel God had these regrets and Shmuel was hitabel Shmuel was mourning so Shmuel was sad but it but it seems to indicate there's a little bit of a difference of opinion here so to speak between Shmuel the prophet and God himself God himself said uh, you know it was nicham he had changed his mind Sha'ol should no longer be king, be the king Shmuel was hitabel, he was mourning. One gets the impression that Shmuel might still have had uh, an inkling that maybe if Sha'ol had lost his ability to be king, to be the the, the founder of the monarchy for posterity for for the rest of history, but at least maybe there could be some sort of of saving grace. Maybe Sha'ol could somehow... Uh, come around and at least be a, a, an important leader, uh, maybe a transitional leader, someone who can at least maybe hand over the baton of leadership uh, peacefully to the, to the future. As we will see as history unfolds, Sha'ul was in the position and will be in the position to Acquiesce to David to recognize that David is the king and hand it over peacefully, but he chooses not to. He chooses not to recognize that. He chooses to never get it. He may not. He may have now lost the opportunity to be the king, but he did not lose the opportunity to um to um uh, to appropriately. Uh, a hand over the mantle of leadership in a peaceful way, which ended up laying the seeds for the eventual split between the northern and the southern kingdom, which also planted the seeds eventually of the destruction of the land. So Sha'ul had that chance. I'm pointing this out because this is going to help us understand some, some interesting things that are about, we're about to read about, which are otherwise difficult to understand. So Shmuel is here. I'm, I'm I'm positing this. Shmuel is here, uh, mourning and crying and thinking. Maybe maybe there's a way we can rescue Shaul. Maybe there's a way we can convince him to help us set up the next leadership, so that even if he doesn't found the monarchy, he can still be a leader of note, a leader who can can um, can help move the people forward to the ultimate goal of establishing a monarchy that the true monarchy that will actually lead the people to, to unity and lead them to be to fulfill the message, the, the, um, the mission uh, upon which uh, the people of Israel are supposed to embark. So by Adonai God says to Shmuel, Ad Mosai Tomis Abel El Sha'ol. How long are you going to sit there and mourn over Sha'ol? So again, we see here this kind of argument between God and Shmuel. God is saying, how long are you going to sit here and cry over Sha'ol? Forget about him. We need to move on. I have decided that he should no longer be king on Israel. Now remember, while this is happening, Shaul is still acting as king. And we will see later, even successfully in many cases, in battles and so on. So Shmuel is thinking, well, God didn't take uh, 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 Shaul away from being king. must be God has some sort of a transitional plan here or something. Or maybe there is still some chance for Shaul to redeem himself. But God says, "No. Why are you sitting here? We need to get moving. Malek karnachoshem and fill up your your literally Karin is a horn which is which uh, 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 contained oil to use to anoint. Vlechash Yishai I'm going to send you to Yishai uh, or uh, Jesse beitelachmi who lives in Bethlehem lives in bethlehem Kiriti I have identified. I have seen among his sons a king for me." a king that I like, a king that I want to establish over the people of Israel. So this is completely coming from God himself, uh, so to speak. Without um, without um, the people, uh, you know, it's 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 uh, God reaching down and saying, I've identified the person who I want to be king. And here is where this, this next verse, by Yomar Shmuel, and Shmuel says, Eich Eileich, how can I go vishoma sha'ul vaharogoni? Sha'ul will hear about me going to appoint a new king vaharogoni. He will kill me. Now, on the surface, it sounds like Shmuel is afraid. But this is interesting because we have never yet seen Shmuel being afraid. In all of these chapters we've studied together, Shmuel was never a man to be afraid. He was never someone who... And, 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 and in general, like the prophet is given a command by God and he should say, I'm scared to go because I must be killed. But if we understand it in the context that I've been explaining it, this is not an issue of, of fear so much. Shmuel is asking God, if we are trying to give Shaul a chance to hand over the, the kingship peacefully, then what is, how is this going to work? If I go and anoint another king, all that's going to lead to is strife and war. So this is really Shmuel asking God a question. How does this fit into the plan? How does this work? And then God says, He answers him uh, uh, as follows. The, um, um, and God says to Shmuel, In addition to the flask of oil for anointing, I also want you to take a eglat bokar, a calf of cattle, take with you, and you should say, and you should set up a ruse right say you're going to do a religious ceremony and bring a sacrifice in bethlehem which is what prophets typically do they go and they do religious ceremonies to teach people to pray with people etc so in other words what god is saying is don't worry i have a plan here you're not going to uh, confront saul Sha'ul, with a blatant rebellion but rather what you're going to do is it's going to be said out there that you went to, to bethlehem there's going to be a story and as we're going to see, Sha'ol never finds out, at least not at this point, that David is, is the king. At least we're not told that he finds out. But rather, if, if Sha'ol heard anything about it, it was nothing. So they had a religious ceremony with Shmuel in Bethlehem. So Shmuel realizes that God's plan is now to do this uh, ruse in order that this maybe this transition will come about in a way that Sha'ol could hand over the mantle of leadership in a peaceful and appropriate way. Maybe David will come. Uh, 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 Shaul will have a chance, and we will see soon that Shaul will have such a chance to to accept David and 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 pass over the leadership. Of course, Shaul doesn't take that choice. He takes the the bad choice, but he didn't have to. By Yomer, um, so what this explains is a lot of the a lot of the. Uh, 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 Mepharshim, in the commentaries, uh, when you read through this, these um, verses that I just read, ask questions about how is it that Shmuel is suddenly afraid? He's afraid to go, like, what What kind of a business is that? What do you mean he's afraid? God just gave you a command. And then this, this ruse of taking, you know, God gives them this trick. Why couldn't Shmuel have thought of this trick on his own? There's lots of questions here, and there's lots of approaches, and each one has, of course, its merits. I'm not here to say that those other approaches are wrong, obviously. But I, this approach that I'm taking I think explains this this uh disagreement this this dialogue here between Shmuel and God. So now the um uh um is ready to go. So verse 3. And God is still giving him instructions. He says, and I want you to call out Yishai and tell him we're going to go and do this, this zevach, this karbon, this sacrifice. I'll, I'll let you know. I have a plan here. I'll let you know what you should do. And you will anoint for me as my king, right? Uh, the one who I identify, the one who I tell you you should anoint. In other words, don't use your own eyes your own human eyes to discern who should the king be. Because that's kind of what happened, you know, I told you I would send you a king, Shaul came, and then you decided that Shaul was the one who I met. This time, let me tell you who to appoint. So, Shmuel did exactly as God told him. He came to Bethlehem. By And the um, people of the city, the elders of the city, were were came shaking in fear to greet him because uh, they're thinking you know they he's not he's on the outs with the king now what's going to happen by Omer and he says shalom boecha so shmuel uh, uh, reassures them and he says don't worry um um I, I have come to you in um in peace so uh I'm sorry, it's, 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 this, this verse by byomer here is is generally translated as the elders of the city saying, even though it says it in, in singular language. It's, it happens sometimes that the verse uses singular language to refer to the uh, a group of people here acting as one. So they're basically asking, have you come in peace? In other words, are you coming to make trouble between us and the king or, or not? So by Omer this is verse 5 now. So Shmuel answers and says, Shalom. Uh, yes, I have come in peace. Don't worry. You have nothing to worry about. I came to bring sacrifices to God. Make yourselves holy. In general, this means, you know, separate yourself from mundane matters. It might mean go uh, uh, bathe in a ritual bath. Uh, but make yourselves ready. Be spiritually prepared. And come with me and let us bring a sacrifice. by Kadesh, shai vi and I want you to, um, uh, uh, so then he went ahead and he sanctified, literally, he made holy. So again, what does this mean? So he must have singled out Ishai and his sons, um, told them, get yourselves ready, um, you know, again, wash, uh, separate yourselves from unholy things. Um, uh, and he called and invited them, presumably, so among the, he invited the elders, presumably other people of the town, and Yeshai and his sons, by and it was when they came, by and the first person that he noticed was one of the sons of Yishai, and he said, presumably he said to himself, oh, this must be the one who is God's, this is the one who is uh, opposite God, and opposite, not in an oppositional way, but neged uh, meaning, um, uh, the best translation I've seen for that is, is, um, uh he's he's before him he's seen by god he must be the anointed one he must be the one presumably he was uh uh, uh you know tall and handsome as we'll see now in verse 7 by Adonai El shmuel so god says to Samuel to Shmuel don't look at his countenance don't look at his good looks and his height kim astio i have rejected uh, this word ma'astiu, we often think the word limos, ma'as, is something disgusting. But here, God's not saying there's something necessarily wrong with him, but ma'astiu meaning, I don't want him as my king. He's not the right guy. Kilo asher yire ha'adam. It is not that, it's, it's a, it, what appears to me is not similar to what people's human beings see. Ki adam yire Human beings, when they look, they see with their eyes. But God can see into the heart. This is, of course, a famous verse that points out that God says, I know what kind of person he is. You don't. And I know that he's not the right person for me. Again, we have no hint that Eliyahu was necessarily a bad person. But what God is saying is, is that he's not the right guy to be the leader, to be the future king. So, we don't know why, but he's not the right guy. And we know that last time he picked Sha'ul because he looked like the right one. And remember, not yes, he Sha'ul was described as being tall and handsome, which was very important uh, uh, to, to, Shmuel, uh, to influence Shmuel's choice. But we also saw his humility. We saw all of these positive qualities that were also visible. So a person would look at all these positive qualities and say, yes, I see all of these things. Um, but again... Inside, he was still not the right person. And Eliam was also not the right person. So Yishai goes and calls up his next son. And he brought him before Shmuel. It's interesting because it doesn't say here that Shmuel ever stated, I am here to appoint and anoint a new king. It is un- it, it's un—it's very, very possible that Yishai and the people assembled did not even know that Shmuel was here to hire a new king. They knew he was here to, to, um, to choose someone, apparently, because that's why they keep bringing the, the, the sons up to him. But they themselves may not have known that they were actually he was actually choosing the next king of Israel. It could have been some other sort of successor, some other sort of leader that he was looking for, which is why Shaul never found out yet, at least at this point, does not know that that um that a new king is being anointed, so that it does it, this this sneaky ruse, so to speak, of God can uh, will happen without uh, Shaol getting angry and coming to take retribution. <coughs> so Yishai calls his next son Ya'avin Adav. Gamba Shmuel answered. Presumably, he had a message from God too that God does not choose this son either. Yishai Shama. And he brings his next son named Shama Gambozelo Also this one, this is not the one that God is choosing. We don't we aren't brought the names of the next four sons, but his seven sons he passed before Shmuel. Shmuel El Yishai and Shmuel Adonai God is not choosing any of these. Shmuel and Shmuel says to Yishai, says, Is this the end of your boys? That's it. You just have these seven. The youngest I have left out. I have left out the youngest one. He's not even here. These seven, we all were hit katshu. We we, became, we sanctified ourselves and got ready for this special occasion. But he's out there shepherding the sheep. He didn't even join us. So Shmuel says to Yishai, Send for him and and take him and bring him here. Because um, we cannot continue with the ceremony until he is brought here. So he sent a messenger to go get him and they brought him. This is generally translated as ruddy, admoni. Also, adom is the color of red, so this is often considered like a Kind of a, a reddish, but it's more of a kind of a reddish, healthy perplexion. Whether he actually had red hair, who knows? In, in many images, David is seen as that way, but it's not clear. But he, admoni here doesn't mean that. It means that he had a ruddy, healthy complexion. In A9 with beautiful eyes, the tovroi, and a beautiful appearance. Which is interesting, because God just told us not to look at outer appearances. And here, it's praising David for his appearance. Which one would, would seem, the lesson one would seem to learn is that when appointing a leader, outer appearances are important, but it has to be much more than that. Outer appearances are important and can be important when uh, uh, in, in leading human beings. Human beings are, after all is said and done, human beings. And we do look at outer appearances. But the inside has to follow the outside. And that is what God sees, and that is what human beings do not see. I want you to anoint him, because he is the one. Shmuel took the uh, uh, horn of oil, and he anointed him among his brothers, in other words, from among his brothers, he anointed only David. And the the Spirit of God was successful with David from that day on. And what this means that the Spirit of God was good with David is is very unclear. It doesn't say what it is. And I also certainly cannot tell you what it is. Um, But there's something, there's some kind of leadership quality, something about David that from this moment that he was recognized, that he was pointed out, that he was recognized for his special character, for his special good deeds, um, for the special life that he had been living until this point. He was uplifted. He was uplifted. He was encouraged by, by this recognition. The the way I see it to some degree is, you know, sometimes you have a, a, a person who, who lives a, a good life and, and does good things and, and is unrecognized. Um, and they continue to do good things and they continue to have a certain special character. However, when when people around them or the world around them recognizes them, points them out, he makes a special dinner in their honor and gives them an award, it gives that person a special sense of, of something, a special sense of leadership. And if they're not arrogant, it doesn't get to their head. Shaul, when he was pointed out as king, eventually that arrogance got to his head. He started off he was portrayed as humble in the beginning, but it got to his head. David, what we see here is that it was the Ruach of God, the Spirit of God that got to him. What got to him was humility, but also um, recognition. Uh, it does not say that Shmuel, it, does not, it explicitly does not say here that Shmuel anointed him as king. And it does not say, remember with Shaol, Shmuel had a conversation with him And told him that he's the king. He's going to be the king and the leader. And so on. Shmuel did not have that conversation. It is entirely plausible. That at this point. David still didn't know that he was anointed as king. He could have been anointed as anything. But it it explicitly. Does not say that. Because we still want to leave the opportunity. For a peaceful transition of power. Leave the opportunity for Sha'ol. To do this right. Unfortunately that's not what's going to happen. But he has the opportunity to do so. This concludes the first half of this chapter. This chapter is neatly divided into two halves. We'll continue with the next half and um, complete the study of chapter 16 together. Thank you so much for studying together with me today. Looking forward to studying the rest of this chapter and the rest of this book of Shemuel together.